Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the FDF podcast. My name is Emma, and I'm the Senior Sustainability and Environmental Policy Executive at the FDF. Uh, today, we will be discussing the sourcing of sustainable palm oil. When I first joined the FDF, I had a relatively limited understanding of palm oil, except for the message that palm oil was a damaging commodity that should be avoided. The majority of this messaging came through the media. When I joined the FDF, I was asked to take on the responsibility of this work stream on behalf of our members. And as a result, I was introduced to a lot of new information through conversations with colleagues, food and drink businesses and other experts that challenge this view. Whilst acknowledging the impact that palm oil production has had historically on the environment, I'm now an advocate of sustainable palm oil for food and drink. I hope that today's podcast will be of interest to you, whatever your opinion might be, and will introduce you to some new information on sustainable palm oil. Today, I'm also joined by Judith Murdoch, a sustainable palm oil expert who has been working in the palm oil industry for more than 10 years. Judith provides support to industry through the UK Sustainable Palm Oil Initiative, which is convened by Africa. Uh, Judith, I don't know if you want to give a quick introduction to yourself and then we'll jump into some questions. My background is um, I uh, started off in food manufacturing and uh, ended up working at an oil refinery, which is where I first found out about palm oil in 2006. And then I've been on the sustainable palm oil journey ever since then, um, and possibly describe myself as a palm oil nerd. <laughs> That's great. And uh, on that note, um, could you just give us an introduction to sort of what is the difference between palm oil and sustainable palm oil? There is really, in one respect, no technical difference in in or chemical difference in in the term in in palm oil. So uh, sustainable palm oil is exactly the same as as palm oil. It's just the way that it's actually grown. Historically, palm oil has been used for over a thousand years. It was originally an African crop, but when it went to Malaysia and Indonesia, it's caused uh, large uh, uh, areas of deforestation. And this is where we really focus in on whether it's sustainable or not. So my terminology for palm oil is is if it is grown without deforestation, then it is sustainable. On that sort of note of deforestation, Palm oil has this very negative connotation and it's very negative perceptions on palm oil. So why do businesses still continue to use it in their products? Well, firstly, it's a very uh, versatile oil. Um, when you think about palm oil, you, you're already thinking a singular oil, but actually it is palm oil which comes from the flesh itself and oil from the kernel in the centre. And also when you actually crush that kernel, you get something called palm kernel expeller, um, which is used within animal feed. So it is already a very diverse um, individual product. You can also fractionate it, which is quite unusual. There might be something like 75 different oils that you could extract from uh, plants, but it's only a handful of oils that you can fractionate. And what does fractionation mean? Well, that means you're splitting the solid from the liquid. The liquid we tend to use for frying and the hard uh, side of the fat, if you like, the hard stocks are things that we put into, into bakery fats and so on. Um, And it's a great uh, oil to replace animal fats and petrochemicals. But perhaps one of the most important things about it is that um, when you're actually comparing it to the big four, which would be soya, sunflower, rape, um, and palm oil is obviously in there, um, 
if you look at how much land is required, well, 10% of the land um, that is 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 grown for palm oil um, actually produces 35% of the total uh, oils uh, percentage in the world. And it's its yield um, that you get from the actual uh, uh, growing of, of palm oil that's quite significant. Soya, which is, is really the one that we can compare for deforestation, uh, takes two hectares of land to grow the same amount of palm oil, which is just little over a, a quarter of a hectare to grow the same uh, one ton of, of palm oil compared to one ton of soya that takes two hectares. And sunflower and rape are just a little over one hectare to actually uh, get, gain that same level of, of one ton. So it's the yields and its versatility um, and that is something that is important globally. And I think that is a, also a key message. This is a global product used globally. Do I know uh, coming to these meetings early on that it was that land use sort of figures and statistics that was so surprising to me? Um, and sort of away from the environmental sustainability side of palm oil and that deforestation point, how is it also socially and economically sustainable? Well, because one of the key factors within this is that this crop is grown by smallholders. On average, 40% of all of the production comes from smallholders. And it's making a huge difference to their lives that they can grow a crop where they can um, get themselves out of poverty. They potentially um, understand that they own the land themselves. It allows uh, smallholders to educate their children and gain health care. Um, and so long term, it's a crop that they can stay in. Each uh, continent has different levels of smallholders. Um, in Indonesia, it's about 41 percent. Uh, and in Malaysia, um, it's 40 percent and 80 percent in Thailand of smallholders who, who grow um, palm oil. In Africa, where the crop originated from, it's 90 percent of the production is coming from smallholders. And in places uh, such as uh, Ecuador and Honduras, uh, and Peru, it's a, it, you know you're seeing similar figures. So it really is a vital lifeline for for smallholders, and it you can't forget the countries as well. The reason that Indonesia and Malaysia are so big on palm oil is because it has actually turned uh, the country around in terms of their overall wealth. Really interesting, and I think we always talk about that human face of palm oil. Moving on, um, I know in the latest annual progress report that's um, produced as part of the UK Sustainable Palm Oil Initiative, um, Ethica was able to report that 70% of imported palm oil was certified sustainable. Can you give us a bit of an explanation about how we got here and uh, what else do we need to do to sort of close that last 30%? Well, certainly when um, the first palm oil was actually certified in 2010, one of the first shipments actually um, came into the UK. And it's been driven by the refiners that are based here within the U UK. We, we talk about four refiners. There are three large ones and one um, small refiner. But they've all had very clear policies on delivering certified sustainable palm oil. And, and also um, the other big players within this were the retailers. So the retailers got behind RSPO um, in particular. Um, they actually have a seat on the RSPO board. Um, and they have moved their policies year on year to, to drive um, the uptake of sustainable palm oil, citing RSPO material has been the key driver. 
And there have been other major brands that are based in the UK that have also picked up um, this uh, mantle and and really focused hard on responsible sourcing. Um, some of them actually having their own policies and commitments and others, again, following on um, from an RSPO uh, point of view. So as a UK, um, it, when we just look at UK, we have done ex exceptionally well about driving um, RSPO sustainable palm oil. For that last percentage, um, it's really everybody taking the responsibility um, for palm oil. What you're seeing is some people saying, oh, don't like the message behind palm oil. I think I'm going to just move away from it. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to talk about whether it's RSPO or, or not. So certainly not been fearful of talking about it um, and certainly uh, trying to call for uh, areas such as food service where uh, in particular, food services are saying, well, you know, when we look at palm oil and where is it, you know, a consumer doesn't see it on a plate. When you visit um, a retailer, they would see it on pack. So for me, the big driver is really about um, everybody calling for sustainable palm oil and um, and certainly not been shy about talking about it, uh, which in turn encourages uh, the last few supplies to come in as uh, certified. And the 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 refiners in this country are doing an awful lot of work, but equally we do import from other refiners as well. So it's just got to be a clear message from those businesses that haven't made that commitment yet, of which there are still quite a few. Great. And you spoke about uh, responsibility there. Um, can you give any examples of how industry is being held to account for um, how they source palm oil and how they source it sustainably? Yes, uh, certainly for sure. WWF, who has regularly um, produced scorecards, um, they have been uh, uh, quite a major player in, in getting people to focus. And, and certainly the scorecard will uh, be produced again uh, in 2021. We probably expect that to come out in November uh, of this year. Um, but but what you're looking at is, is the NGOs in general um, really focused on big players such as the retailers and some of those large brands and equally some of the businesses behind um, private label as, as well. Um, we also um, see con some consumer pressure, uh, mainly people, uh, again, focusing in on just palm oil, uh, looking at the deforestation um, and, and writing to um, individual businesses. But in terms of government, um, there's been no legal requirement, um, but the new environmental bill that is again expected um, this year may well have a due diligence clause within it. This will be probably welcomed by industry because they see it as a level playing field that everybody will have to do the same thing. And, and through due diligence, uh, people will have to understand where their palm oil is coming from, and at least be able to track the supply chain back to a refiner, uh, and then the refiners would be tracking it back back to mill to ensure that it's coming from areas where there is no illegal deforestation. Um, I was going to ask if you had any final thoughts or reflections that you wanted to share. Certainly, um, you cannot isolate palm oil um, when we're thinking about climate change. It's not just about one commodity. It's, a, it's about all commodities, uh, pulp and paper, uh, looking at soya. Um, we can start to even think about sugar and cocoa and, and maize in all of this. 
And how we work towards um, stopping climate change is through deforestation. It's also that we need to think about um, exploitation as well um, and human rights. So that's another area that we certainly need to be thinking about when we're looking at buying sustainable products. In this country, we're very focused on RSPO, but it's also important to note that uh, the UK buys probably a year um, at the same amount that is bought in India per month. And when we consider what the rest of the world is doing, we need to focus in on companies that offer no deforestation, no peatland, no exploitation, which looks at high conservation value and high carbon stock, um, zero burning and uh, free and prior informed consent, and basically looking at total working conditions. We know that in the UK, 100% of the refiners importing into the UK are already based here. Um, our uh, NDPE um, uh, have NDPE policies uh, and they are also working within the Palm Oil Collaboration Group, which is working on an implementation reporting framework. So the main message is there are lots of different ways to deliver sustainable palm oil. It doesn't just have to be RSPO, but this is really holistic. Um, it isn't about one commodity. It isn't about one business. It is about doing things together to change the way that we treat the world. Thank you, Judith. That's a great point to end on. And uh, I just want to say many thanks to everyone who's uh, listened to this podcast. I hope you found it really interesting and learned something new about uh, palm oil. Um, if you'd like more information on what the FDF is doing, you can visit our Sustainable Supply Chains webpage and um, explore our environmental ambition, Ambition 2025. Um, you can learn more about some of the initiatives and standards that we've spoken about today, including RSPO on the FDF Sustainability Resource Hub. Uh, so thank you again, Judith. Thank you.